MyMac.com podcast number 37. The next generation of radio, it's the MyMac.com podcast. Podcasting from the MyMac.com studios, it's your hosts, Tim Robertson and Chad Perry. I'm Chad Perry. I'm Tim Robertson, and uh, once again, we're back for another exciting edition of the podcast. Yes, and I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Uh, Usually we have a focus segment that we're going to look at one certain thing. Last week was the Mac Mini. Mm -hmm. I've got nothing this week. Well, I think part of the problem is that we blew all our focus this weekend putting up a fence in your house, in your backyard. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, we can talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, decided that we were going to. I was going to put up a new fence. It's a uh, six foot privacy fence, and each segment of the fence is what eight feet long. Yeah. A big wooden fence. Um, privacy and adding value and allowing the kids to play in the backyard. You and know. I think that's the biggest plus, especially with uh, with Brooke. It's, she's starting to really get around now. Yeah, she's two, and uh, she's <laughs> she she's got some speed in those little yeah, tiny legs. So, you know, we wanted to put up a fence and allow her to play back there, so I don't have to sit there and constantly chase mm-hmm. her around the yard, where she wouldn't go in the other yards and possibly out to the street, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So we put up this fence. We started the project on Saturday, and we finished Tuesday. It took mm-hmm. longer than we thought it was going to, but. Well, we had to screw around on Monday with the right screws, unfortunately. The wrong screws, right. actually. Well, it started on Saturday. Uh, my father came over and helped me half the day. And then Chad came over halfway through the day and uh, helped finish putting in the posts. Mm-hmm. But we didn't get all the posts put in on Saturday. No. Uh, we actually had a power auger to use. That's the thing that you drill a hole, but it was a one-man, couple-horsepower thing. It didn't like roots. <laughs> no, anything larger than an inch would just jam and, it up. And fortun- unfortunately, I should say, I had, what, probably five trees removed yeah. a couple years back. So it wasn't just roots back there. It, it was it Stump was stones. stones. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had a whole lot of fun, sweated our butts off, because it wasn't too bad on the weekend, but Monday and Tuesday, it, it got darn hot. Yeah. And uh, so Chad and I were out there with my dad, and... We finally got it, and I appreciate your help. That was oh my pleasure. It was uh, no, it wasn't pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't pleasure at all. <laughs> I know I was there, but it, it's nice. And you know, the only the only thing I've got on me as far as a mark is I skin my knuckle, and mm-hmm. I did it at the store. I didn't even do it putting up the fence. Jeez. I got a couple of bruises on my biceps just from holding different planks, but that's about it. And and trying to get behind the fence. Was, oh, was a whole lot of fun. You, yeah. um, at the back of my house, there's another fence that belongs to the people on the next block over, so our, our backyards um, butt up against each other. And she's got this crappy little fence. It's a little metal fence. And it comes up to about my waist, maybe a little bit higher. But where I'm putting my fence and where her fence is, there's this a small space, and I had to get in there to screw the fences in. And, ugh, what a nightmare. But anyways, enough about the fences. We're three and a half minutes into the podcast and we're talking about a fence. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, we can jump in some news from MacMinute.com. Yep, your latest news. Add a minute. Uh, what do you got first? Uh, first, we've got Apple and Gap partner for iTunes promotion. 
Although not officially announced, a report on CNM's website today notes that Apple and Gap are partnering on a new iTunes promotion. According to San Francisco-based retailer, the joint promotion with Apple Computer kicks off next month with Gap's Find Your Favorite Fit event at stores nationwide. The story goes on to say that from August 8th to 31st, each customer who tries on any pair of Gap's new jean fits, three new fits for women and one for men, will get a complimentary song from Apple iTunes Music Store. Now, does that mean that... I was confused about that. Three new fits for women and one for men. Now, is that new fits, new jean fits? I don't get it. it does that mean a guy only has to try on three? one pair and a woman three or is it just there's a one new type of gene for men and three new type of genes for women i think it's one new for men and three new for that's women that's kind of what i thought but i was but a little then again i think also the pitch because i mean if you've ever been shopping with your wife you know yeah it's like a three to one ratio oh absolutely <laughs> yeah at least as far as, as floor space on merchandise yeah. available guys get like four different pair of genes that they can try and women get like 50 it's like yeah okay that's fair but you know to be honest how many jeans types do you guys really need? Yeah. We're like, oh, okay, those. <laughs> well, and that's just like, well, I need a blue, I need a black, and... Uh, yeah, maybe a, a, a light color jeans. Yeah, maybe a light blue. <laughs> yeah, if so, you see a guy wearing, like, green jeans, you're like, what the heck has he got yeah. on? They're jeans, but yet they're green. You see it on a woman, you don't think twice. On a guy, you're like, what the hell has he yeah. got on? Uh, at least in our part of the country, yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't say. That's what yeah, it is. I can't say what they're doing on the west coast or the east coast, but here in Michigan, we're like, what the hell? Um, next one, we've got Mac Force, and this isn't really uh, regional news. And for ninety nine point nine percent of our listeners, mm -hmm. it's not going to have any effect on them at all. But I thought it was really cool, so I wanted to read it. Okay. Uh, Mac Force's second annual summer blast announced, Portland based. Apple specialist MacForce today announced the second annual Summer Blast. In appreciation of our devoted customers, please join us at our headquarters for the afternoon of cool music, or I'm sorry, cool live music featuring the superficials, the tasty food and refreshments of Big Daddy Barbecue. <laughs> Take one of our seminars like I Like Forever or Getting Everything Out of Your iPod. You could also win a Mac Mini iPod Shuffle or one of the many iTunes gift cards. The event takes place Saturday... August 6th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the MacForce headquarters at Portland, Oregon. Now, why would I read that? Because it has no effect on hardly anybody. I just think that that is something really, really cool that not just Apple places don't do that anymore. Most businesses don't do that anymore. It's right. very rare where you see a promotion where they say, hey, come on in. And they're not saying, hey, come on in and buy something. They're saying, hey, you're already our customers. Come on in. Yep. You know, Take some of these seminars. I don't know if they cost anything or not. Um, have some Big Daddy Barbecue. Mm -hmm. I like that. Sounds good. It sounds kind of good. <laughs> big, anything that's called Big Daddy Barbecue, you yeah. know, they got to have some grub up in there. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, that that's the way to treat customers. Mm -hmm. And in today's age when Apple has their own retail stores and the strong online presence of the Apple store, and customers have such a huge choice nowadays where they're going to buy their Mac gear, this, Mac Forces, seems to really be doing the right thing. I mean, yeah. go out there and wow your customers with not just the prices, because really you can't compete with Apple on prices, and the prices shouldn't be all that much difference to begin with. Right. But, um, you know, bring them in, get, feed them, give them some entertainment. That's mm -hmm. how you win customers. That's how you keep customers. You know, all things being equal, if you were in Portland, and that's going on, and nothing at the Apple store, and you actually wanted to buy a new mm -hmm. iPod, man, I'd go where they have the grub and the music. And yeah. 
You know, that I just think that's great. Mm-hmm. And we got another story about an Apple outlet. Yeah, uh, I think I'm, we should talk about that. You want to talk about that now, or you want to wait? No, I think we'll throw it on the focus. Maybe the focus will focus a little bit on what's going on in the website. That sounds like a plan to me. What do you got up there next? Next, we've got HP to stop selling iPods. The Wall Street Journal today reported that Hewlett Packard has decided to stop selling its branded iPods, notes Market Watch. They've decided that reselling iPods doesn't fit with their company's current digital media strategy. The journal quoted Apple spokeswoman Katie Cotton as saying in the report, HP will phase out its iPod sales immediately. Uh, you know what? I don't know anybody who has an HP iPod. Yeah. And I know a lot of quick people who have iPods, but I don't know anybody who bought one from HP. Mm-hmm. Number one, what... I never understood really how much money, number one, was was HP really making on their iPod sales. I can't imagine it was much. No. Why? I don't understand why they really wanted to sell iPods. Um, yeah, it was the hot new thing and, you know, all that. I think they're just jumping on a trend. I, I really do. I think they were just jumping on a trend, and I know that they've been restructuring and trying to figure out what their next goal is and where their next But, you know, HP is. has always been known for innovation. Right. Um, mostly in printing technologies. Mm-hmm. But in some other categories as well. And I don't know, for them to just take an Apple product, put their logo on it, and say it's the Apple or the HP iPod. iPod. Yeah. You know, it, you know, if they would have tried to expand the market share as in going out and getting these into 7-Elevens, but they didn't. Or patching with HP laptops or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, Target sells the Apple-branded iPod. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Walmart now sells the Apple iPods. Did you know that? Well, remember that one year, that one time about what three or four weeks ago, there was a promo at Aldi's. Yeah, selling iPod shuffles. And nobody, most people probably don't know what Aldi's is. It's just like a a, a grocery store that they don't let you bag your stuff. It's like dirt cheap. They don't mm-hmm. give you bags. They don't give you carts. I mean, basically, it's, they basically sell groceries off the pallet more. Or right. Less. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and they had a big ad in the local paper, and on the front page is for the Apple iPod Shuffle, mm-hmm. and it was the same price. I think nine bucks. It, yeah, ten bucks off. Yeah. Hey, but it, yeah, that was weird. So you're starting mm-hmm. to really see this iPod culture, which we already knew about, obviously, but right. really start to take shape in the last few months. It just seems to really be gaining momentum. I would have mm-hmm. figured by now, it would have probably gone over the bell curve and started coming down. Doesn't seem to be. It seems well, to be getting bigger. I also bigger. would have assumed that there would be more clones out there trying to gobble up market share. There are for the shuffles. I've seen yeah. a few shuffles, but I really still haven't seen anything that that compares with the regular iPod, as far as um, aesthetics, mm-hmm. as far as um, a mindset of the must-have pro- uh, product. Yeah. Nothing else out there comes close. I mean, a lot of them has more features at a better price point, but most of them are but ugly mm-hmm. and. They're just not selling half as well as Apple's product. Yeah. So I don't know what I don't know what HP. I'm going to stutter there and repeat my sentences. I don't know what HP is going to replace it with. If anything, maybe they have their own solution coming out. But I don't know. For them to stop selling iPods, I'm like, it's just kind of like a yeah, okay, whatever. Because it, it, it just it has no their, effect. It seems to be out of their direction to me. I don't. But. Apple never needed them in the first yeah. place to help sell iPods. Apple probably when HP approached them, which I'm quite sure is what happened, mm-hmm. you know, Apple probably thought, well, yeah, why not? It's not going to cut into our business. Yeah, We're still going to get a piece of that action, yeah. and, it, and it makes the platform that much bigger. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, next one we got is Mac OS X Dashboard Widgets Top 1000. I'm sure Guy uh, will have something to say Holy about that cow. in the Dashboard Minute. Yeah, it, 
I mean, when did Tiger come out? Just a couple months ago now. And already there's yeah. over a thousand dashboard widgets. Um, Apple today, what's well, yeah? Uh, <laughs> Apple today announced that Dashboard, its popular feature in macOS Tiger, now has over one thousand widgets, with dozens more being added every day, and many more available from other websites. And this, you know, this report isn't considering or isn't counting any widgets that's not listed at the Apple website, mm-hmm. and because it, it says it right there, and, and many more available at other websites. Yeah. <clears throat> so that means there's other websites, and I'm sure Guy will talk about that too in the dashboard in a minute, that are offering widgets that you can't find on a- a- Apple's website, so I'm sure it's well over a thousand. Yeah. Um, widget provides Mac users with new ways to instantly access important information from weather forecasts to stock quotes to traffic conditions and the latest news stories. Dashboard is a runaway hit, blah, 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 blah. Um, with over a thousand widgets to choose from, Users can customize their dashboard to do almost anything, and that really is true. Yeah, it's it's the more you use widgets and the more you explore what kind of widgets are out there, the more you're going to use it because yeah. it's just it's really a neat feature. I still don't like how they float above everything else, and I can't ax I can't look at what's let's say I'm using the calculator mm-hmm. widget, right? Right. So I add up something, and then I want to jump over to Microsoft Word and enter that data. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't because I can't see that widget now. Well, you have to memorize it, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's kind of a, I think, a huge limitation, and that needs to be addressed. I know there's applications that will um, unmarry the widget from Dashboard, so it will run in a window by itself, and you can still see it. Or would you like to see like the tra- that the widgets go transparent when you switch between applications? Or would that be too much? I wouldn't mind a, a combination that says leave this widget open or leave yeah. all these widgets open. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the, the concept of Dashboard is great. Mm-hmm. I think the implementation of them, as far as the user interface, is very clunky, and it seems to be more market-driven mm-hmm. rather than technology, what's going to be great for our users. How are, how are our users going to use this technology? Mm-hmm. And let's make it work for them. It didn't really seem to go that route. It, it looks good in an ad. And don't get me wrong, the technology works. Right. Just just launching a widget. Bring, I mean, for instance, if I want to use a widget that's not currently active, I have to either hit a combination on my keyboard to bring up dashboard, mm-hmm. click the dashboard widget in my dock, or put my mouse in a certain corner, and that brings it up too. Right. If I've, if I've left that, that widget open since the last time I used it, it'll be right there. Great, I'm ready to go. For instance, I always leave my weather one open, so boom, it's, yeah. it's good to go. If it's not there, I have to click the plus button, and then depending on how many widgets I actually have, mm-hmm. I have to scroll to the left or the right. Mm-hmm. Did your computer just make a noise? Sure sounded like it, didn't it? It did sound like it. <laughs> I have to scroll to the left or right to find that widget, then I have to click that widget to bring it up, it, it's just clunky, mm-hmm. and that's not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, it, it's hard to explain my frustration because there's so many better ways to implement it. And I bet David Avery would have a really good article. Oh, wait a minute, he did. Yeah. I, I have to find <laughs> it and go back it and look it up. Um, it's just, a, it's, just it, it's great technology, piss poor implementation of the user interface for it. It's eye candy. Well, I think it just needs to be worked through. I mean, one of the first things 
uh, obviously in, in 10.4.2, one of the first things they did is they added on the widget manager. The, yeah, the widget which manager. Needed to be done. Absolutely. And I'm sure this is a, just another issue that they're going to have to take care of in a future update. I, well, I don't think it'll be an update. I think it'll be the next version of Mac OS X. Yeah. You know, unmarry the widgets. Uh, what, what if I wanted to... Here, here's an idea. I bring up widgets, and I just right-click or control-click it, and it stays up when dashboard goes away, and boom, yeah. it just floats there. And I can put it wherever I want on my screen. Mm -hmm. I can minimize it into the dock. I can bring it back. Mm -hmm. But if I close the X button for that window for that widget, then you close the widget out. Then I close the widget out, yeah. and it goes back to dashboard. How about that? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that make sense? Yeah, I, I think that would work real well. Oh, oh the big news! Yes, <laughs> Apple introduces the Mighty Mouse as predicted by Not Mac News correspondent. Chris Siebold, what, about three weeks ago? Yes. Apple today introduced <laughs> the Mighty Mouse, a.k.a. Project 1989. It's next-generation mouse, which offers power users up to four independently programmable buttons without compromising simplicity for users who prefer just a single-button mouse. That would not be me. No. Mighty Mouse also introduces a new scroll ball that lets users scroll in any direction, vertically, horizontally, and even <laughs> diagonally. I'm sorry. Has anybody mentioned... The scroll ball. <laughs> That's like way too close to other things. With too. the scroll ball, <laughs> users can scroll with natural fluid movements, making Muddy Mouse perfect for applications from viewing web pages and photographs to video editing and music creation. Muddy Mouse is priced at you have forty nine bucks and is available now. I, I had an ex girlfriend who was really good with the scroll ball. She was it was oh, great. No. Stops here, <laughs> and what? A, and you know, it's a mouse. That's great. It's it's fifty bucks, but mighty mouse. I know. What a corny crap! I come to save the day. <laughs> yeah, just, you're only about uh, like Chris Bolt said. <laughs> you know what? Let's sixteen let's, years too let's late. Let's <laughs> listen to that segment from Not Mac News and see how how close he was yeah. and you remember at the time Chris has no inside sources of Apple no he makes this stuff up on this like okay I'm gonna make this in fact the new one that we're gonna play for today's show um he had a, a segment that he couldn't figure out a joke for so I kind of helped him out mm -hmm. with it he was like I need a joke for this and we we're instant messaging back and forth so I basically brought up where I thought about for a second wrote up a quick one instant message to him back and he was like perfect I'm going to use it like that and then he did he changed it thank goodness because mine wasn't all that funny I just yeah. kind of gave him the idea um, all right, but I'm pretty I'm pretty good at ideas so. we got to hit that segment though but, well let's let's listen to project eight, 1980 what was 1989 I think it was yeah let's yeah. listen to the older uh, not Mac news with Chris Seabolt just a moment of it and, let, and let's uh, see how close he was as far as predicting yeah, and keep in mind the fact that this was... Uh, he recorded what? this. Well, I, I edited it mm -hmm. on, what, June 9th. Yep. So this was almost two months ago, a funny bit mm -hmm. that, you know, the people that listened to it probably didn't think anything of it. Yeah. So let's take a listen. This is from two months ago, Not Mac, Mac News. Expect a major surprise from Apple in early August. Not Mac News has learned that Apple is planning on going against years of tradition by introducing a two-button mouse with a scroll wheel. Apple has been working on the mouse for the past five years under the code name Project 1989. Truly amazing. Uh, Godlike. I know it. <laughs> 
all these crazy requests for money he's been sending out all this time. Maybe I need to believe him and start sending him money towards his space arc fund, you know? <laughs> That's, you know, it's it's quite scary. Yeah. He, he predicted the two-button mouse with the scroll wheel. <laughs> but but it's a scroll ball. ball. He That's just wanted right. to try to keep it family-oriented, yeah, you know? That's that's pretty, you know. I don't know what else to say. I know that's amazing. <laughs> so if uh, if if you've been looking for an Apple branded mouse that has two buttons, mm-hmm. it actually technically has more than that, but um, with a scroll ball, mm-hmm. it's out there. It, it's now fifty bucks. Um, I don't know what to think about it. To be honest, it's like well, you know there are so many other mice out there that yeah. you can buy. Why? The only thing I can think of, honestly, is app. A lot of PC games require two buttons. Yep. You right click to attack a target, or you know, left click is to move. Right click is to attack, mm-hmm. or you know, it. it they're programmable and, and game right. designers. And with with Apple moving to Intel, it's going to make it somewhat easier for game developers to port PC games over to the Mac. Obviously, they're not going to be using ActiveX or any of the Microsoft specific technologies. Right. But but even like uh, you know like Microsoft Word, uh, you use it for the Apple, you use it for for the PC. You know if you have a left and right button on your mouse, that right button will do things. Yep. You know right yep. clicking on things will actually make little command menus pop up on both I've the Apple u- and the PC. Version. I've been using a Logitech. Um, what is it? One, two, three, four button mouse mm-hmm. for gosh five years now. Yeah. It's got a thumb button. It's got a left. It's got a right. And the scroll wheel itself is a button. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, on, and I can program them. My yeah. left button is launches my email program. If I push down on the scroll button, it launches my web browser. Yeah, you know. And so, I, anybody who really wanted a, a, a multi-button mouse on the Mac probably already has one. Yeah. But I'm assuming that these are going to ship with all the new Macs coming out. I would hope so. And so maybe with the ship, the switch to Intel, Apple is hoping to get more. P, uh, more PC users to join. Here's another aspect of it. Dual booting machines. A machine that can boot up, that's an Apple machine, can boot up Mac OS X just fine. It can also launch Windows. Yeah. Windows Vista, Windows XP, whatever it is. And then you've already got a two-button mouse there as well. Yeah. So there's a lot of interesting theories on why they came out with the two-button mouse. I happen to think it has more to do with games, mm-hmm. PC switchers, and dual booting Macs. That's yeah. what, and I think honestly, the dual booting Mac is probably the biggest. Apple knows that Mac users, once they get these new Intel machines, are going to go. You know what? For 120 bucks or so, I can get a version of Windows, put it on this machine too. Mm-hmm. It's a lot better than a virtual PC, yeah. which kills Microsoft selling a virtual PC because it's you don't need it anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll have native XP right there on that machine. Yeah. So, anyways. Uh, the last bit of news, uh, Apple adds video to iPod trademark. Apple has report- reportedly modified its iPod trademark to include video notes and gadget. According to the story, the trademark includes used to include portable and handheld digital electronic device for recording, organizing, transmitting, manipulating, and reviewing text, data, and audio files. Now the trademark reads portable and handheld digital electronic device for recording, organizing, transmitting, manipulating, interviewing text, data, audio, image, and video files. The Wall Street Journal recently reported that Apple has been talking 
to record labels about the possibility of selling music videos online as early as September, and we've talked about that. Yeah. And obviously, we're not the demographic that Apple's going after to sell right. music videos for. Yeah. And how many music videos really are being made nowadays? I, I can't imagine it's very many because I mean, obviously, when we were teens and or early twenties, music videos were all the rage. I mean, yeah. you know. Uh, some groups became as popular as they are, not because of their musical ability, but because they were on MTV all the like U2. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love U2, don't get me wrong, I think they're but. a great band. If it wasn't for their videos, U2 would not be U2, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? If, yeah. if it was just radio play, and personally I think the Joshua Tree's probably one of the five best albums of all time, really, for me. Mm -hmm. It's just absolutely fantastic. But without MTV, you know, they probably wouldn't have been what they are. Yeah. So maybe if Apple taps that target audience, it's something good. I don't think so, but yeah. And, and I think one of the reasons why video why video was so popular in the eighties is one, there were no other outlets to obtain your music from. Yeah. So the record companies could afford to pour a lot of money into developing videos and to hiring good producers and directors to do them because they made all the money off the records. Yep. Now with software pirating, with music pirating, with you know. File swapping. Where's yeah. the incentive? The profit's not there like it used to be. Well, I, I well, I think the, pro okay, I the think, profit's there. Yeah, I just saw a report that the people who swap music online, the pirates, the evil yeah. bad guys, are three times more likely to buy more music than anybody else. Yeah. So they're stealing music, but they're buying more than anybody else too. So I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't think piracy is the reason that the industry, the music industry, is slumping. Same with Hollywood. I don't think it's piracy because right. I think it's because, for the most part, the quality of, of product coming out is crap. And not only that, there's so much more for people to do. Right. For instance, you and I, you and I right now are recording this podcast. Uh, ten years ago, we wouldn't have been doing this. We'd be watching TV or listening to music or something else. There's new venues for entertainment. Right. You know, people are not willing to go to a theater anymore and sit there with rude people around them talking through the whole crappy movie and the movie is crappy for the most part people are sitting there thinking ugh and and a lot of people think I should have just rented this mm -hmm. you know this isn't good enough to spend 50 bucks to take the whole family out to the movie right you know I would rather have just rented it for 4 bucks yeah and watch it at my convenience pause it go to the bathroom um, well, if you smoke you can smoke while you're yeah. watching it you can't do that in the theater well, and that's how the average person rates movies now. You know, yeah. you say, is it a renter or is it a, go is it a theater one? And you're yeah. like, uh, it's a renter. Yeah, you know? exactly. And so I, I think because of the subpar movies as of late, and I'd say probably within the last five years, the movies has generally gone declined as far as quality goes. I mean, I've still, I still enjoy movies. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, it's just like, yeah, I should have just rented that. And that's Hollywood's fault that the profits aren't there at the movie theaters. It really mm -hmm. is. If more movies are so good that you're like, oh, you have to see it on a big screen. I'll give you an example. Titanic. Mm -hmm. You have to see Titanic on the big screen. If you right. didn't see Titanic on the big screen and you just watched the DVD, mm -hmm. you really didn't get the full effect of that movie. Because mm -hmm. when that ship's bow is up in the air and yeah. you're looking straight down, mm -hmm. you're like, whoa. Now, yeah. you see that on a small screen. Even if you had a big screen, like a 60-inch plasma or something, mm -hmm. you still don't get the effect. Yeah. So... um you combine all those things, and, and I think that it's really Hollywood's fault. It's not piracy. How many people are pirating movies? 
Not me. I, and I could do it. I've got broadband. You've got broadband. But I don't want to watch a postage size, size stamp. No. On my computer screen. You no, know? I, I totally agree with you. And even if you blow it up to fill your whole screen, usually it's so pixelated, it's not worth watching. Right. And then the sound quality is not there. Right. And a move, to me, watching a movie isn't just about the picture quality, although that's probably a huge part mm -hmm. of it, but it's also um, the sound quality. Yep. Um, how good the picture itself is, the mm -hmm. acting, you know, it's it's the whole package. Right, and if I'm getting it at home, then I want I want the DVD and I want the extras too. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, I don't know, uh, that's all the news we got from today, but we can keep yakking for a little bit if you like. Sure. We've got, we don't, like I said, we don't have a focus segment. I don't want to get, you know, too far off topic, but we are talking about DVDs, and I don't mm -hmm. think I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but... Uh, my Sony DVD player died on me. It didn't quite die, but here's the thing. Did we ever talk about this on the podcast? No. I don't think we did. The, the thing is, I'd be I'd be watching a movie, enjoying it, and we're like, let's say we're uh, an hour and 15 minutes into it. Mm -hmm. And then, just like that, oh, we're, we're, we're way back in like uh, chapter two. <laughs> really? It would just jump back like a half hour or 45, mm -hmm. just random intervals. And I would check the disc, brand new disc, no marks, no stray hair, no nothing. It's clean. This the DVD player occasionally went, now nah, we're going to go back and watch the beginning of the movie again. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, it never jumped ahead, because that really would have ticked me off. Yeah. But it would just jump back, and you're like, what the heck? And it didn't do it with every movie, and it didn't even do it at the same spot on the same movie every mm -hmm. time. And so it was just driving me crazy. So my wife and I talked about it, and I'm like, you know, I'd hate to buy a new DVD player because I know what's coming around the corner. High definition video. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to be able to buy a disc. It's going to either be Blu ray or mm -hmm. what's the other one? HD, DVD. Yeah. And we already have a, a DVD or a uh, high definition TV. So I'd hate to do that. And I don't really even want to buy DVDs anymore because I'm going to have to replace them with the high def versions eventually. Mm -hmm. So I did a little research and I found out about the up converting DVD players. Right. And so I got one. Long story short, is and I bought like it's it's fantastic. It will <laughs> up convert to 720 or 1080, yeah. And I just go ahead and go all the way up to 1080, and my TV yeah. can handle it, and it's just fabulous. Um, if it's a crappy DVD player, it's not gonna help it. Mm -hmm. Give you a prime example. Um, at the day we're recording this, which is what the third of August, yes, August already. Wow, um. Yesterday, the Ghostbusters two pack came out. Ghostbusters mm -hmm. one, Ghostbusters two. Yeah. Um, I, we watched the first one today. Hmm. They really didn't clean up the video much. Really? I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm thinking, it, the picture should be better than this. This is up. I'm up converting it to 1080. Mm -hmm. I even went down to 4, 480, which is the DVD yeah. standard quality. And it's... Uh, I got widescreen, obviously. That goes without saying. I'll never mm -hmm. get another full... Blech. Yeah, I don't either. No. A pan and scan. Ugh. Mm -hmm. Just disgusting. Um... But you know, I'm, I'm watching it and I'm thinking, they didn't clean up this video. They didn't remaster it. Mm -hmm. I, I'm kind of disappointed in that. Yeah. I mean, it was only like 18.99 for two, the two movies, and it came with some crappy little scrapbook that's mm -hmm. you know you'll look at once and not even look yeah. at again. Um, but I, I happen to enjoy Ghostbusters. But more importantly, my two older kids love Ghostbusters, especially Brittany. I mean, she mm -hmm. would walk around the house a couple years ago, din -din 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 -din. <laughs> Ghostbusters. So I got it, you know. <laughs> And you would expect that they would have cleaned up the video. Yeah. Nothing. So even though it up-converts that to 1080, and it looks good, don't get me wrong, it could look so much better if the studio would have put a little bit more time and effort to sure. make this a quality DVD. And that's what I ask. You know, That's mm -hmm. all I ask from 
if I'm going to buy your DVD, give me the best possible quality. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're going to do that soon anyways when you come out with the high-def version. Yeah. Clean up the DVD a little bit. I don't think that's too much to ask, do you? No. But, yeah, it, it cost me 200 bucks the up-converting DVD player, and I like it. It, mm-hmm. it works really good. Obviously, you have to have a HD TV to, to do it. So. Yep. Well, uh, I think it's time we move on to our... Uh, not Mac News segment? Yeah, let's listen to Chris Seabull and see if uh, what's going to happen in the Mac world in a couple more months from now. <laughs> yeah, oh, and let's hear from our folks at, Sm- at Small Dog, too. Let's do Most websites are only there for you to buy something. Buy, buy, save, buy. Save, save. At smalldog.com, well, they're happy if you buy something, but that's just half the story. Take a walk around smalldog.com and you'll find the inside scoop on Mac products and lots of helpful how-tos for beginners and experts alike. Digital photography and graphic design, music and sound, small business and more. From iTunes to inkjets, Apple to Ziff. Smalldog.com so you can love your Mac more. High technology at low prices. Smalldog.com And now, Not Mac News with Chris Siebel. The internet erupted with fury when it was learned that the switch to Intel will include heavy DRM protection on the new Intel-based Macs. Not Mac News was able to learn that the new Macs will ship with a wearable USB belt. The user must, ever so gently, insert into said Macs during startup. The belt is being dubbed iChastity and ensures OS X remains faithful. In Microsoft News, anonymous sources at Supercuts have informed Not Mac News that Bill Gates is very worried about the increasing Mac market share. In an effort to put Apple out of business once and for all, Microsoft will be implementing a new innovation codenamed The Nuclear Option. The Nuclear Option is said to be so compelling that Apple simply will not be able to compete. We have learned that The Nuclear Option is, in fact, the re-emergence of Microsoft Bob in a ninja suit and with a pirate accent. Dark days are indeed ahead for Apple. Not Mac News. Now with 20% more disgonification. I'm that guy who kills a minute or so. And thanks to Chris Seabold for another Not Mac News with the iChastity information this time. <laughs> Gee, I hope he's not right on that one. Yeah, me too. Sounds like it sounds familiar, though, I chastity. <laughs> I don't know where I've heard that before. Uh, we had a contest last week. Yes, we did. We were giving away the newer technologies mini stack. Yep, with the 80-gig hard drive. That's just not pancakes. It's The mini stack is not like a Denny's plate. It's No, it's a little hard drive that's just underneath your Mac. But it's mini. not just a hard drive. It's got a FireWire and yes. a USB hub built in, and it will power up and down with your mini. It's a really neat little item. We're giving away one with a 80 gig hard drive, like you said, mm-hmm. internal. We had a lot of people enter this contest, and this mm-hmm. time, obviously, we said just send us uh, email. an email. Now, if you remember last week, I said uh, just send us an email in the subject line, put mini stack, and then later in the show, not too much later, I said, oh, and when you enter the contest, send your name and address as well. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people sent in two. Yeah. They first heard me say, send in, send an address mm-hmm. to, and blah, blah, blah. And they did. And then later they heard, well, send your address. So they sent <laughs> another one. And a lot of people, yeah. I, I'm sure I irritated a lot of people with that. They're yeah. like, you should send that when you're doing <laughs> stupid thing. We don't always think these things through when we do no, this contest. No, a lot of it's, you know, 
boom, let's just do this. And there was no questions to ask, um, nothing like that. Just send an email in, randomly I'm going to pick a, um, a winner. I got an email, and I don't think I forwarded it to you. I might have sent it to my, you know what, we got a live internet. I'm going to jump on my Gmail account. Okay. And of course, if you want to email us, it's mymacpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. And so I'm going to log in right now. Podcast. And our super secret password. So super secret, not even I know. I'll tell you if you really want to know. No. Uh, la, 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 la. This person didn't win, by the way. Um, again, I just... Uh, what is this? Do, 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 oh, no, that's something else. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll get to that in a second. Um, so what I did is I printed... I, I put all the names um, in a Word document. Mm -hmm. I printed them all out, cut them up, put them in a bowl, <laughs> and drew that way. I figure that's yeah. just as fair. I don't remember the, the listener's name, and I should, but I can't remember it right now. It's been a busy week. Mm -hmm. He said he was listening to us how I was going to pick the winner, and he cringed. He's got yeah. a software solution. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how it works. He didn't <clears> give me too many details, but basically he's got a software solution to do that. So yeah, he, didn't he say he was going to use Automator? Automator or Apple Script or yeah. PHP or something. He asked if I had a preference on language, and I was like, I... <laughs> English. <laughs> um, so, you know, he's going to, if he sends it, that'd be great, you yeah. know, because we have quite a few contests. I, I can't even tell you how many contests we've had. Um, even more, how many products we've given away, because yeah. it's not just how many we've had, because we've given multiple prizes on shows away before, like right. the iTrips. I mean, we yeah. gave, what, like 30 of those suckers away. Mm -hmm. Plus, we partnered up with the MyMac Guys podcast yeah. and um, Roadhouse Blues. Yeah. Was that was it? Roadhouse yeah. Blues, yeah. Roadhouse Blues. Tony Steidler Dennison. Yep. Hey, it's been a while, but I remember. Finest blues you've never heard. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the iTunes Music Store, so if you guys are interested, go listen to it. Um. So we've given a lot of stuff away. I get email a lot, obviously. Um, I check the My Mac Podcast email. Um, and I also get stuff at the contest at mymac.com because that's just forwarded to me. I get stuff sent to Tim at mymac.com, mm -hmm. publisher at mymac.com, reviews at mymac.com, most of it's spam. Mm -hmm. But um, on an average week, I probably get at least 500 or more genuine correspondence. Yeah. A lot of it is company-related stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, companies mm -hmm. wanting product reviews, people asking about advertising, hey, could you mention this on your website? Which is the answer to that is, no, we're not a news website. Um, we're all original content. We don't just regurgitate yeah. press releases. But one of the uh, people that emailed, or I might have emailed him. No, he emailed me, um, and I don't remember exactly about what, but I started talking to this one person. His name was Rick, and he lives up in Traverse City. And the only reason that caught my my uh, attention. my attention is because not only was it Michigan, but it was... Oh, he emailed us something about... Um, remember we were talking about Mac Format Magazine? Yeah. He said if you go to Barnes & Noble, I think that's what he said, that he's got a local Barnes & Noble, they have really? that magazine. So I was like, oh, we need to check that out. Mm -hmm. and, I, and he had signed it and where he's from, and I asked him a little bit, and I checked his website, and we communicated back and forth like two or three emails. He seemed like a real nice guy. Well, he also entered our contest. Mm -hmm. So here's the ironic part. That's the name I drew. <laughs> Can you believe that? The only <laughs> that, Now, there was a lot of people who entered who's won before. Right. 
they were all eligible. Oh, but absolutely. The person that won at this time was Rick Stringer from Traverse City, Michigan. And when I pulled it, I went, "No way!" <laughs> now, at first, I didn't recognize the name. It wasn't until mm-hmm. I did a Google or a, a spotlight search for that name, so yeah. I can go back and see where the person lived, and I realized it's the same guy that I was emailing like two weeks ago. Jeez. And I was just like, "What's the odds?" That's just cool. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad he won, but I was—I would have been glad that if anybody would have won. Mm-hmm. And uh, but Rick Stringer was the contest winner, so Rick, um, keep your eye out. I'll be sending it to you up there at uh, Corbin Design, and yep. uh, have fun with the new mini stack. Yep, we'll probably have another contest, mm, possibly next week. Yeah, maybe the weekend after. Uh, you were mentioning that John Nemirovsky is going to be driving through town next weekend, mm-hmm. and he's actually going to be going from, I believe he said Ann Arbor towards Chicago or Chicago towards Ann Arbor. I don't yeah. remember the exact directions, but doing that, he passes right through Battle Creek, so he's going to yep. stop and say hi, and um, I'll probably meet him out by the um, the highway or something. Yeah, it's probably easiest. Yeah, but yeah. I think, like you were talking about, wouldn't it be cool to bring him back here to your house and we could do a podcast? Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll have an extra podcast next weekend with a special John writer Nemo. segment yeah that would be cool i've got I, that, so. I think it would be a, a fun fun time yeah. i don't know how much time john has he might only have like a half hour i don't know but maybe we can finagle him to come on up and sit down in front of the mics and mm-hmm. do a quick podcast yep so congratulations rick stringer on that contest and uh that's pretty much all the official stuff that we had for the show yep we're at 41 minutes but i thought you know let's talk about some things yeah one of the things that I noticed that, uh, let's see, Blizzard Entertainment released a patch for Diablo 2. Mm. And this got me thinking, and I went to their website, and I looked, at, and we've talked about StarCraft in the past. Right. And I went to their website. You know, they have patches for both, for StarCraft, Diablo 2, and Warcraft 2 mm-hmm. to let these games run under Mac OS X. And not just to let them run under OS X, but they've kept those patches updated. And you notice they've also kept their Windows patches updated, too. That's right. These are programs that none of them are uh, less than five years old. No company backward support games that they made five years ago. None of them. Except from what I'm seeing, Blizzard. That says to me, that says a lot about a company that keeps those programs up and running. Because I I know you like Warcraft, or uh, Starcraft. So do I. I play Diablo... Two for a while. I think I actually did a review of it, mm-hmm. but I've done so many reviews over the years that I honestly don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I did do a review of it, <laughs> um, but I, you could still play that. Mm-hmm. Those games are still viable. And here's the neat thing: when I was at CompUSA just the other day, I found a pack. It was called the Blizzard pack. It had Diablo II, StarCraft, and Warcraft II Battle Edition mm-hmm. all in there, and it was 19.99. So if you've got a current Mac. You can go buy that for 20 bucks at Best Buy, and I'm sure it sells it at, at other places as well. Yeah. Uh, download the patches, and, and you've got three really fantastic games to do. Yeah. And so, that's uh, pretty cool. I think it's great that uh, they continue to support their products. Because I, I know a lot of Windows users who have newer computers who are like, I can't, I start trying to install StarCraft and it wouldn't work. And I'm like, well, go to the website, download the patch. Yeah. And it, it still works. Yeah. Imagine that. Yep. That's that's a company that I think that's uh, deserving of recognition, mm-hmm. and and they're deserving of our gratitude because they're keeping these these beloved programs and games 
up to date so we yep. can still use them. And that's that says a lot about a company, mm -hmm. I think, anyways. I could be wrong, but um, I, I still think it's really cool. Uh, speaking of games, a lot, I still get email. I did a review of MacMame years ago. Mm -hmm. And what that is is an emulator that allows you to play old arcade games yep. on your Mac. There's a lot of emulating software packages out there. There's stuff that will emulate... Um, and the NES, an Atari, mm -hmm. a Commodore, a Coleco. I mean, all that yeah. stuff you can dump. And uh, everybody always, I keep getting these questions. Hey, where do I get this Mac Man? Where do I get the games? I get that all the time. And uh, so if you're interested in stuff like that, go to MacMame, M-A-C-M-A-M dot org. That's -A -M -E where M-A-M-E dot org. No, just. Is it M-A-M? No, it's just MacMame, M-A-C-M-A-M-E. I'm sorry. Yeah. Let me let's start that over. M A C M A M dot O R G. MacMame dot org. No. M A C M A M E dot org. Oh, did I do it again? Yeah. I'm just I'm there. there. But just type in MacMame dot org and it'll get you there. I'm an artard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and a lot of people and you know what? I messed that up too. I see if you look on our little cheat sheet I put a, a URL. That was supposed yeah. to be the where to go to get the ROMs. Mm -hmm. Well, do a Google search for Mac or for uh, Mame ROMs, and you can find the games. Yep. Uh, of course, if you don't own that game, you're supposed to delete it within a few hours after downloading it and playing it. And you know, we don't want you to pirate games that are 20 years out of date and de depriving some poor developer of their bucks that they would have got because if you wouldn't have downloaded that you obviously would have went out there and bought the actual arcade machine itself <laughs> so and we don't want to deprive anybody of their money am I right or am I right you are right you I know agree totally. speaking of Google I did a Google search for Mac podcast because I was yeah. kind of curious on what other podcasts are out there about the Mac we were the number three hit under Google really we were uh, let's see iPodder X was number one for Mac podcast, then a Macworld article, then us. And I went, wow, if you do a search for Mac podcast, two words, mm -hmm. we're number three on Google. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, we're also at number nine for, and that is um, actually at podcastdirectory.com, but we're number nine there because it lists us on podcast directory, so it hit mm -hmm. us there too. But, you know, we've been doing this for nine months now. Yep. So... It's not like uh, podcasting is a new thing for MyMac.com. We've been doing it for a while. And uh, it's pretty cool that we're pretty high up there in, in the Google rankings. Hey, we've got a Dashboard Minute to listen to. You want to yes, listen to that do. real quick? Let's load it on. You're listening to my dad who never goofs up on the Dashboard Minute. Heard only on the MyMac.com podcast. Thank you, Peter. Hi, everyone. I'm Guy Searle, and welcome again to the Dashboard Minute. If you're looking for new and different widgets that work in the Dashboard environment, I've got a few websites for you to check out. First and foremost, of course, is Apple's own widget depository at apple.com forward slash downloads forward slash dashboard. According to Apple, there are now over 1,000 widgets available. They aren't the only place to look, however. The Big Mac Download Sites, Version Tracker, and MacUpdate.com are very good sites to visit if you're looking for specific widget applications. Like GarageBand, Apple's dashboard application has captured the imagination of scores of users and has brought out many serious and some not-so-serious enthusiasts. 
There are quite a few websites that are solely dedicated to bringing new dashboard widgets to the masses. Of course, not all of the widgets available are free, but the ones that cost or are the equivalent of shareware are listed as such. Some of the better known ones come from the same people who administer the GarageBand site iCompositions.com and it's called DashboardWidgets.com. They aren't alone as there is also DashboardExchange.com, WidgetDeveloper.com, DashboardExposed.com, and DashboardShare.com. These are excellent sources of news and the latest in widgets on the web. A few weeks ago, I talked about a widget that brought back those wild early 80s arcade days. If you're looking for more nostalgic entertainment, go no further than the same place I saw the Pac-Man widget at chrismarks.com, where you'll find another widget that is just like the arcade classic Asteroids. Plays just like the original and looks just like it as well. Lots of old-style excitement in widget form. Let's hope that Chris isn't done feeding my appetite for ancient arcade games, since I'm still looking for the arcade versions of Spy Hunter or Defender. Go to chrismarks.com or to the Apple Dashboard section to download this 61k bit of retro fun. Next up is a really neat widget called Capture. It was created by the good folks over at Vanilla Soap Design, and in a nutshell, what it does is screen captures. If you know your Mac shortcut keys, you can do most of it this yourself, but Capture gives it all to you in a single neat package. Some of the options include saving to many different file formats, including TIFF, JPEG, and Photoshop-compatible PNG files. You can capture a full screen, a block of your choice and size, or a specific window, all in either the dashboard environment or in the Finder. While it is possible to save the image files in a folder of your choosing, most will probably leave it at its default setting of saving directly to the desktop and then moving the image to where you want it. It's a 392k download and considering it's free, worth every bit of the time and hard drive space it takes up. It can be found at vanillasoap.com forward slash widgets and of course at the Apple website or any of the other fine sites I mentioned at the top of this program. Here's my other son Guy Jr. to help me close out the show. If you know of a great widget not yet mentioned, or if you have a widget you would like my dad to review, send him email to dbminute at gmail.com. Thanks, little guy, and thanks to all of you. I'll be back next week right here at the Dashboard Minute with our brand new slogan, Mistake Free in 2003. See you next time. Bye-bye. And once again, thanks to Guy Searle and the Dashboard Minute. I love that. Uh, it, I I learn more stuff listening to his than uh, I do listen to our own. <laughs> of course, if I'm learning stuff listening to our own, that that kind of would be a problem, I think. <laughs> it would be. Hey, I don't remember a what I said. Memory problem there, Tim? <laughs> Who are these guys? These guys are pretty crappy. That's you. Oh. <laughs> um... Well, let's uh, jump over and see what's going on on the website real quick. Yeah. We'll cover some, uh, some well, of the highlights. Well, uh, what, one thing I did want to touch on before we do that, mm-hmm. we got an email from... Uh, go ahead. Uh, Craig Jellycore. Jellycore. And he says, a few comments about your Mac Mini episode, which was last week. You mentioned that adding in a 1 gigabyte stick of RAM to increase the Mini's total RAM to 1.5 gigabytes. The Mini only has one RAM slot, so the max loud is 1 gig. Ooh, he yeah. nailed us. Ooh. I knew that too, but yeah, sort of. That happens sometimes. 
Uh, also, the IO Gear KVM switch uh, you mentioned is very buggy with the Mini. Mm. I purchased this when it first came out, uh, and if used with a Mac and Windows machine, the KVM switch will stop responding at random intervals of inactivity. The only way to work again is to unplug the USB connectors from both the Windows and Mac machines oh. at the same time and then plug them back in. Just thought you should make your listeners aware of that. And absolutely. Yeah, thanks, Craig. We really yep. appreciate that feedback. Um, yeah, I first, I yes, I knew about the one, one uh, memory slot. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you're recording and you just don't think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but no, it's a good point with the KBM switch. The IO gear. After I got his email, I did a little research myself, mm -hmm. and yeah, there's some major problems with that mm. unit, so I want to avoid that until they come out with a model that works a little better. And again, like I said last week, this that wasn't an endorsement of products, this right. is just kind of a, a broad overview of what's out there, exactly. Yep. So your, your Microsoft Entourage is bouncing and saying, okay. Uh, let's see, what else do we got? Let's jump on, like you said, to the uh, MyMac.com stuff. We also have to talk about Ramjet.com. They do okay. have a lot of stuff out there for sale. Mm -hmm. uh, something I thought was pretty cool. 159 bucks for a 120 gigabyte FireWire hard drive. Wow. 120 gigs. I mean, you can put a whole price. lot of MP3s mm -hmm. on that. So go to Ramjet.com and uh, pick up yourself, pick yourself up a uh, FireWire hard drive. Right now on our website, we've got a quite a bit of uh, new stuff. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about on the feature side first. Go ahead. Well, we've got the Macintosh Paradise in Boise, Idaho from Guy Searle. That's a store called Mac Life, which is in Boise. He uh, has a really nice picture of the store posted, give it a really nice review. Yeah, well, basically, Guy goes on vacation with his wife, and uh, he checked out the store in Boise, Idaho. It sounded like just a fantastic Mac reseller. And when, like we were talking about at the beginning of the show, the one Mac reseller having... Um, a barbecue and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Here's another one in uh, Boise, Idaho, and it's called Mac Life. And I went to the website. It looks like a really cool store. And mm -hmm. from what Guy wrote, it's a really, really great place to to shop for Mac gear. Yeah, and you know what I liked about it? the way it was set up. At least the pictures that you put that we've got in the in the actual uh, posting. It looks kind of like a Macintosh, Barnes and Nobles. Yes, it, it's very attractive looking <laughs> store. So. Uh, go to Mac, MyMac.com under the feature side and look for Macintosh Paradise in Boise, Idaho. And if you're in the Boise area, check out uh, MacLife. Uh, John Nemirovsky has a couple of articles up there. Uh, Sounds Good to Me is a discussion about audio files and uh, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. He quotes me in the article. Uh, just look for the big round speaker. That's mm -hmm. the article. And he's also got a review of Disk Studio. It's a utility that will allow you to partition your drive without destroying the data that's on there, mm. which sounds like a great thing. He gives it a three and a half out of five. There yeah. was some issues, but uh, it's still go up there and uh, read his review, see if it still fits uh, what you need to be done, and if it does, it might be a, uh, something good for you. Yep. Roger Bourne had a uh, an art uh, a blog. I'm sorry called Just When It Can't Get Any Stranger, and of course that's about the two-button... Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse. Project 1989. Project 1989. <laughs> uh, some guy named Tim Robertson, and it's called I Created Infinity on My Mac. Did you look at that picture? Yes, I did. Um, basically, uh, let me pull it up here because, you know, I posted it. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, basically what it is is 
have you ever heard of the program Timbuktu? It oh, allows I'm you very to remote. Yeah. yeah, it allows you to remotely log into another computer and control it as if you're sitting in front of it. Mm-hmm. I've got it on my PowerBook in the kitchen and my G5 in the computer room in mm-hmm. the office, if you will. So I'm in the kitchen and I Timbuktu into the G5 to check my email. And while I was sitting there, I thought, Oh, wouldn't it be funny if I used Timbuktu on the G5 back into the machine I'm actually sitting on? Mm-hmm. And when I did it. It flipped out. It didn't crash. I mean, I could I quit the program and everything was fine. Mm-hmm. But it, it just kept redrawing window, 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 window. Because it was like looking into a, a mirror, looking into a mirror, looking into a mirror, mm-hmm. looking into... And it was infinity. It just kept going. <laughs> I thought, that's cool. So I took a screen snapshot of it and posted it as a blog. Uh, Owen Rubin posted a blog called Disaster Happens. Uh, when he was working at Apple back in 1989 and the uh, earthquake hit, that's the story. Hmm. He actually posted that originally as part of a discussion from another blog entry from quite a while ago. Yeah, I remember reading that yeah. previously. And I, and I happened to come across it again, and I sent him an email. I said, dude, you should uh, post this as a blog entry, because this mm-hmm. is just really good. It, it, it deserves to stand on itself, and it's own, and he did. There's also... Go ahead. Oh, Chad and Tim, Wizard World Chicago. We're heading over there this this weekend. That's right. This Friday, or this uh, Saturday, what is the date for Saturday? August 6th. August 6th. We are going to the Chicago Wizard World Con at the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center. Uh, how do I explain what this is? It's it's a kind of, well, no kind of about it. It is a comic book convention, basically. Yep. Um, Chad reads comics, but he doesn't really buy them or anything. Mm-hmm. I buy comics and read them. I don't collect them. I don't go yeah. out and find comic. Oh, this is going to be valuable, so mm-hmm. I'm going to put this in a little baggie and wrap it up with blah blah blah. I don't. I don't care about yeah. that. I buy the ones that are interesting to me and that I like to read. And if it becomes a lame series, I don't enjoy it anymore. I don't buy it anymore. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. But I've never been to a comic book convention because, to me, it just sounds like just such the uber geek thing to do. Yeah. And same reason I've never been to a Star Trek convention or anything mm-hmm. like that. Because personally, I think I'd punch someone if they come up to me in some kind of a geek little Star Trek outfit. <laughs> you know, I just I'm just not that kind of person. Yeah. I like Star Trek. I like comic books and all that stuff. But I'm not the <laughs> let's go to a convention and dress up and pretend we're freaking Klingons or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the kind of person that I used to beat up in school. Not the kind of person that I was. <laughs> And you know, but you know, here's the thing. I'm I'm 35 now, mm-hmm. and you're what? 37. Okay. And I I'm at the point now where since I've never been to one, and you you said you've never no, been I've one. never been to yeah. one. Um, Chicago for us is about two and a half hours away. Yeah, a little less, a little more. This will be a little yeah. more for this one. Sit outside of Chicago. Um, yeah. you know, we've never been to one, so we thought, yeah, let's just do it. It's 25 bucks to get in a person. Mm-hmm. Um, probably cost us, you know, maybe 25 bucks gas total to go yeah. there and back and just check it out. So if anybody else that's listening to this is going to be in Chicago at that convention, I'd say, you know, look us up, but I have no clue on where anything is. Or where you could even meet us, but we'll yeah. be floating around somewhere. We'll be floating around. Um, if, if you want to see what we look like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all you have to do is go to our website, look at the podcast archive or i'm sorry mac 34 is it 34 well let me see if it's still on the main page yeah if you go to our main page and scroll down a little ways towards the bottom podcast 32 sorry yeah 
if you go down towards the uh, bottom of our main page still and look for a new story on MyMac.com with a video, you'll actually see a, a new story that Chad and I participated in. It was mm -hmm. about podcasting, and we were pretty much the focus of it. And you'll actually see what Chad and I look like there. Yep. So go there, watch that if you're going to go to the, the Wizard World so you know what mm -hmm. we look like. And then if you see us there, come up and go, hey, I heard you on the podcast. I'm here to see you. And we'll beat the crap out of you because you'll probably be dressed up like a geek. And <laughs> no, we no, won't. We won't. <laughs> No, but seriously, though, we'd, we'd really like to uh, meet anybody that listens to the... It's not really the kind of event that I expect many people to be at that yeah. listens to this particular podcast, but, but you never know. But we would be surprised, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, speaking of shows, we are looking for a sponsor mm -hmm. to sponsor a uh, week in San Francisco for the podcast mm -hmm. during Macworld Expo. Yep. I have contacted a few companies. There's a few people that are interested in it. I don't want to say who, you know, while we're recording, obviously. Right. Um, but nothing has been firmed up. Uh, no promises, no anything yet. So we're still looking. If your company is going to be at the Macworld Expo in San Francisco this mm -hmm. coming January, and you want a lot more exposure than your booth's going to get you all by itself, contact us at tim at mymac.com and uh, see what we can work out. Yep. We're looking for a sponsor that will uh, pay for us to go out to San Francisco and do multi-shows every day for the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, this would include broadcasting from your booth, yep. mentioning your company and your new products in every single podcast, mm -hmm. and giving you a whole lot of PR, because quite honestly, if we don't find a sponsor, we're not going. I'm not right. gonna. I'm not gonna take the money out of my pocket to go to San Francisco, mm -hmm. as much as I would like to in January. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so if if uh, you're looking for something different at the Macworld Expo for your company, uh, drop us a line at tim at mymac.com and we'll see what we can do. Yep. So uh, that's all I got this week. I think they just about wraps up our podcast. Yeah, I am looking for, if anybody out there has one, I am looking for a 20th anniversary Macintosh. I've mentioned this in a blog before. To add to your collection. To add to my collection. Actually, I, I don't have much of a collection as far as old. I've got some, you know. Um, but the 20th anniversary Mac is the machine that I've always, always wanted. Mm -hmm. I don't really even care if it does. I, I do want one that boots up. That would be cool. Yeah. But even if it doesn't, I just want a 20th anniversary Mac to put on a shelf to look at occasionally and go, ho, 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 ho. <laughs> So if you have a 20th anniversary Mac and it's just sitting there and you're not doing anything with it, please email me at timatmymac.com. You'll be my best friend. <laughs> uh, that's the show. We're a little over an hour, so that's it. All righty. I'm Tim. And I'm Chad. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast at our RSS feed at MyMac.com or by visiting the iTunes Music Store's podcast section. Please send all feedback to MyMacPodcast at gmail.com. And thanks for listening to the MyMac.com podcast.